I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hello. Hey, Macarena. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator at Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, the Trill Troop Trollin Toddler, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Hey, Macarena. <laughs> that was Luca, by the way. The, don't miss, don't, don't skip the beginning of the pod. I always throw something interesting in the intro. So that was Luca. That was on our Zoom call after the after the game. I'm just saying, Luca was extra excited after this game. He was super <laughs> playful and fun in his Zoom presser, joking at the beginning. Uh, took the fat question in stride from Brad that all of you guys, not all of you, some of you out there have tried to make a thing. And I mean, why do you think he was so happy besides a win? I have some theories. I have lots mm. of theories about this. We're going to talk about this soon. So, uh, on today's show, Isaac and I are going to get into the Mavericks game against the Bucks, their final preseason game against the Bucks, their second to last preseason game, their second preseason game. It's, uh, it's a shortened preseason schedule so far this year. And we'll talk about that game. Lots of stuff in that game. Most notably, though, Luka and Josh Richardson really look like they have something going there. Mm. We have a bunch to talk about with them. Rick Carlisle had some good quotes about them. Josh Richardson commented after the game about Luka. Luka commented after the game about Josh Richardson. And so we'll talk all about that. Get into all that. That's some real good stuff we'll talk about today. And then the third segment, we're going to do some overreactions. We did it in the first first game in our post-game pod. And I thought it was great. So we're going to bring it back. That's what we'll talk about. Willie Colley-Stein. We'll talk about all, all the guys on the bench. And then an overreaction. About the bench, but we got a nickname for a new duo on the bench via another Mavs player. So we'll tell you what that nickname is in the third segment, so stick around. All right, let's get into this game. Isaac, should we do it now? The theories. Should we do it now that Luca is, uh, oh, the, the theory that Luca is, why Luca was so happy to win this game. So my first one is that he gets to leave Milwaukee now. <laughs> That's my first one. <laughs> They've been in Milwaukee for four days, and now they get to leave. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I was thinking maybe he talked to somebody on the other team and Ooh. you know, just I don't know, just hey, you know, they, they had some they exchanged some cool words and uh I don't know who that could be on the other team, but no, I mean we're having fun with it. But he I mean he was uh, super excited tonight and uh I mean Luca, yeah, he's a lot of fun and um he had some fun with it. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely had some fun at the end of this game, but he looked great too, I thought. I mean he in the first half, Rick Carlisle had a pretty his good quote. play or his body. <laughs> Rick Carlisle had a pretty good quote about the game, this preseason game. And it was basically a tale of two halves. The first half, they looked terrible. The second half, they looked great. And I actually want to hear from Rick Carlisle about exactly why he thought that the teams that the team looked bad and why they looked better in the second half. There's very distinctive things that he mentions for each. And so I really want to get into that. And here's Rick Carlisle talking about the tale of two halves for this preseason game. Our, our first half... We did not play well. We did some good things, but uh, the ball was sticking. Uh, we were getting distracted by the officials, and we weren't playing the kind of defense we needed to play. Um, 
second half was, uh, you know, was was terrific. Uh, concentration was great. The spirit was there. Uh, moved the ball. Uh, I think we took two or three charges. Um, bench was into it. So uh, second half is 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 what we want to do and how we want to play. And uh, you know, we got to learn from the first half. The very distinctive things I thought were, were were interesting. So in the first half, he mentioned the ball was sticking. They were getting distracted by the officials and then not playing the defense that we needed to play. So when you're looking at a Mavericks team, those are the three things I think that are really going to get in this Mavericks team's way of wins on a daily basis, you know, on a nightly, you know, game-to-game basis. The ball sticks. They need some ball movement. And that's just not Luka pounding the ball, driving, you know, try and do something, right? You have to get other people involved. And Luka does that well. Getting distracted by officials, that's obviously something that you know, we've talked about Luca with all last year that I think a lot of a lot of players on this team, a lot of players in the NBA get caught up in that too. And then not playing defense. I mean, we've talked about defense so much on this pod. Yeah, I mean, how many techs were handed out tonight? Uh, I know Rick <laughs> got one, Tim got one. Um, I think Josh Richardson got one too. So at least, you know, three, maybe four. But, I mean, just... Yeah, we talk about a tale of two halves there. Just to see the Mavericks in that second half. I mean, that third quarter was a heck of a run. And, you know, they switched up rotations a little bit in this one. A little bit more realistic uh, rotations for the team. It wasn't the hockey subs. You know, game one against Milwaukee, uh, pretty much starters played that whole first quarter. Then the hockey subs in, second unit. This time, you know, in, in game two, they kind of interchanged a little bit like a normal rotation, uh, put some guys in there with the starters, vice versa. And they took pretty much an eight man rotation. I, I guess we want to stretch it to 10 and count Josh Green in that, too. Uh, but pretty much, yeah, 10 guys through three quarters. You know, in game one, we saw some of the bottom of the roster guys early in the second half. But for pretty much three quarters, we saw what I mean, we believe this Mavericks team will look like. Uh, on a regular regular season game basis. And that third quarter was very, very encouraging. And it's like kind of Luca. I, I know they moved the ball. I don't want to like go opposite of what Luca. I mean, what Rick said, but it did feel at times that Luca kind of put it on his shoulders and was like, all right, well, third quarter is going to be our quarter and <laughs> we're going to make the best because they had a great you know third quarter in the game one too. So uh, I hope this is a trend that they keep this season in this third quarter. And I don't think the ball moving is just necessarily about passing. I think it also has to do with, you know, drives, you know, kicks, like, you know, moving the ball around, basically. In the first half, it seemed like they would try to run a play and it would stop with, like, Dwight at the top of the key. And Dwight has the ball in his hands and he's not going to drive and kick. He's not going to, you know, do a dribble move and try to get past his man. If, if the lane is open for him, he's going to go to the basket. And he did that once, you know, that was successful. He did it another time. They got completely swatted by Giannis, but uh, it would get stuck in that sense, I think. And it would just stay in one spot. You know, even if you're dribbling around and, and moving the ball around, even with just with one player, I think that also, you know, associates with ball sticking. How are, how are you doing on the very first play of the game? which Milwaukee came down and it was just a pin down for Giannis pinning Dwight underneath the basket and Giannis scoring over Dwight. I immediately thought of you (laughs) and of your rant on yesterday's podcast about Dwight guarding Giannis. And I just want to give you the space here for like, I don't know, 10 seconds to your thoughts and feelings uh, on that play. 
Luckily, this is I had a caveat in my rant yesterday, and this was not a game that mattered. So I was not as enraged as I should have been or, or could have been. If this was my, my rant yesterday was that if Rick Carlisle ever has Dwight Powell guard Giannis specifically <laughs> in a game that matters, I will call for his job. That, that, that was my rant yesterday. But this game didn't matter, so he went with it again. I, I just don't understand. I mean, we're not going to go into the whole Maxi versus Dwight conversation now. We'll do it on a later date. But Or Willie. Or Willie, or Will, Willie Collie Stretch Five. We won't talk about him yet. We'll talk about him in the third segment. But I just don't understand. So we'll get to that later. But I want to get to Luca and Josh Richardson. So coming up, let's hear from Luca and Josh Richardson and Rick Carlisle about the two of them, how they've really meshed. They both had 20 points in this game in less than 30 minutes. So an absolutely great game for them against the Bucks, who are a good defensive team, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA last year. So let's hear from both of them coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, that's it. They're gone. No more. We all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers, working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check it out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, Isaac, let's get into Josh Richardson and Luka Doncic. There's a lot to talk about, but let's hear from Rick Carlisle about that duo and how they've just been so good so far, uh, just playing together, even though they haven't really played that much together yet. Yeah, look, Richardson played terrific um, both of these games. Uh, Love the way he's shooting the ball. Love the way he's picking up the reads uh, out of our system, which is is quite different than than what they did in Philadelphia last year. and more importantly, you know, he and Luca really have a nice feel for one another and really play well off of each other. So, you know, just uh, a lot of very positive things um, out of both of these games. And, uh, you know, Josh is a, is a terrific defender. Probably his, his reputation is more as a, as, as a, as a defensive player. Um, but offensively, you know, he's, he's spending a lot of time on um, – on, on, on his, his spacing and, and three-point shooting game with, with further range because we spaced the floor a little differently than, than what Philly did. And, um, you know, he's stepping into shots and, and uh, you know, and really stroking it. Was that a little shade? That was a little shade thrown there, wasn't it? I think it was. There was two different references about how this system is different than Philly. And it's something I'm glad Rick did that and said that because it's something we've talked about on this pod different times that hold up a little bit when we try to, you know, look, you have to really look at, you know, situations, systems that people go to and how, how like Josh Richardson was, you know, this one player in Miami goes to Philly, whole different type of system. And now he gets in Dallas and, I mean, I was tweeting about overreacting, but <laughs> it's two preseason games, but I'm all about Josh Richardson in Dallas. Like this, I don't know if I've been so hyped about 
a guy joining a team after two preseason games. He just seems like the perfect fit on the court, off the court. Man, I love it. Who tried to tell you? Who tried to... (laughs) (laughs) I did. I tried to tell you. (laughs) I I thought you were making a joke on something else. Maybe I was, secretly. Josh Richardson, (laughs) I thought, was great. What is he, like, 8 for 10 on threes since joining the Mavericks? I mean... The difference in the type of threes he's getting, just these wide open, you know, corner threes, you know, wing threes where he's, you know, people are just completely leaving him because Luca is drawing so much with his gravity. He, he draws two or three defenders sometimes. There are certain plays where Josh got a wide open three and Maxie's standing next to him and he's wide open too, or Tim's wide open too. I mean, it's just Luca's gravity is just so big. It's it's bigger than any player he's ever played with. I mean, he didn't play with Jimmy Butler. He played with Ben Simmons, he played with Embiid, he played with Goran, I guess, Goran Dragic, and then he played with like Justice Winslow, right? <laughs> That's who he's played with in his career. So this is a, an incredible fit for him so far. I'm glad that it's working out so well for him. Let's hear from Josh Richardson about just his fit and how playing in Dallas has been different so far. Uh, first of all, I think I just bring, I think I bring leadership. I think I bring toughness, you know, and I think I bring good intangibles to these guys. Um, I think we have a lot of good guys on this team, and I think we just needed you know, some toughness to get us over the edge. And uh, I think that's something that myself and uh, James Johnson can bring. And, I mean, I, I can hit shots. I think that, you know, this past year, a lot of people, you know, had might say what they say, you know, about my year in Philly. But, um, you know, it was just kind of a tough situation for me. But, uh, you know, here I think that, that this fits how I play a little bit better. And, you know, we like to get out and run. Again, more shade thrown at Philadelphia, just a different system. The system just fits Josh Richardson better. You can just tell already that the spacing has been a lot better for him. You can tell that, you know, defensively he's the point of attack guy, which was kind of the same in Philadelphia. But um, I think that, yeah, it's been it's been great for him to have that kind of a playmaker. And the way that he's fit has just been, it's been awesome. And I, I love in that quote that, you know, he mentioned the toughness of him and James Johnson. This isn't something... Um, I want to make this very clear. This isn't something that media is just put out there of like the toughness angle and everything. You saw it right there. He's like, this team needed toughness. They needed toughness to get them over the edge. And me and James Johnson bring that to the team. They feel that way. So uh, it's definitely something that they're embracing. They know they bring uh, that to the team. So yeah. And uh, you know, him acknowledging the, the Philly fit, you know, and how it just wasn't the best fit. And now we see him in Dallas, and after two games, it feels like it's a whole different type of. I mean, I didn't watch you know fifty you know Philly games last year, but I watched a decent amount of Philly games, and it does seem like he's a different type of player here in Dallas. And man, especially when he's hitting like that, man, eight of ten, like you said, from three to start the preseason. Let's go. The difference, I think, the big difference between the two is the hierarchy. We, we talked a lot last year about how the Mavericks hierarchy is so well set that Luka's the number one, KP's the number two, everyone else kind of fills in where, where they need to and, and whenever they're hot, right? Curry can score 20 points last year you know, at, at certain games and he fills in. Tim Hardaway can score 20 points in a certain game and he fills in. If KB's out, then one of those two guys steps up. But Luca, it starts and ends with Luca. And that's just such an easily, clearly defined thing. Whereas in Philly, you have Embiid and Simmons, and who who does it start and end with? 
I don't. I mean, depends. Depends on the depends on the time of day. It depends on the moods that they're in. I mean, it's all those things dependent on. And Luca's just a constant that you know you don't have to guess what he's gonna what he's gonna do and what he's gonna bring. And Josh Richardson talked about that. I think this is a great quote. Love this quote from Josh Richardson about Luka yeah. Doncic. So here's Josh Richardson talking about how Luca is different. Uh, first of all, I think we're two. You know, very we have similar personalities. Like. We're very goofy off the court, but on the court, you know, it's, it's business once that game starts. And, and uh, you know, I think that I can kind of help him and getting plays from coach, little things, seeing defensive plays and and getting him to his spots. And then he just, I mean, he, what are you really going to say about the guy on offense? Like he just does anything you need him to. And, and I'm just trying to make it, make it easier for him and, and find my spots. You know, when he's driving, I'm a cutter, I'm a respace to – to give him a, a outlet. So love that. What else, yeah. what else can, what, what else can you say about Luca? He's just, you know, that kind of special. Luca had that, you know, play tonight's game where he came down on the left side, he turned around and started posting up and then he had just, I mean, just a classic Luca over his left shoulder, just super quick, two handed uh, dart to Josh in the opposite corner. And Josh just drains it. And you know, he's probably thinking, the crap's that been my whole career like you know, I mean this dude just finds me like it's nothing and it's not a it, there's a different like Ben Simmons there's a difference between Ben Simmons and Luca offensively and Luka, Ben Simmons I think is a great passer but sure. the fact that you know Luca just brings a lot more more spacing that uh, Ben just can't do and it just seems like they I mean chemistry on and off the court it seems like uh, I mean, you look at, I know I tweeted out a, a picture tonight. We've talked about it in game one and tonight or a, a short clip of them just going nuts after something happened, the whole bench and Josh Richardson's doing something funny and the whole bench is up and Richardson, I think, well, oh, he had an incredible quote uh, tonight. I don't know if we're going to put this in the pod. We have time, but about how the, this team chemistry is literally the best. He's like, I've been on some close teams in my career, but this team is probably the closest team, like team chemistry wise. And we've talked about the importance of this team carrying on what they had in the bubble. And it seems like they've done that seamlessly, even considering all the new guys they've added to the team. They've truly built a culture here that, that I mean, they're, they've established it. And now they're just building on top of it. It's going to be super important this season, especially because, you know, you don't know when guys are going to be out. You don't know who's going to be yeah. have to step up on a certain night. And so I think that that is, that's a huge point that that's definitely you know, a massive thing that they you know, created this culture. They've sustained this culture and Luca is kind of one of the engines of it, which is kind of a, a main thing we're seeing in Houston right now that culture's breaking down and it's starting to build around other guys and Harden's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not going to be part of this. John Wall and Boogie, you can build your own culture there and I'm going to not be part of it anymore. So I don't know what's going on there, but. All right, last thing from this is Luca mentioning Josh Richardson and what kind of a player Josh Richardson is, and I think he had some good compliments to say about him. Oh, it's uh, he's an amazing player. Uh, you can see that uh, now. You know, we're only person we can see it. Uh, he brings a lot, a lot of stuff. He can shoot, he can dribble, he can guard anybody, and he brings a lot to the team. And I'm really happy, and we're really happy to have him. Shoot, dribble, guard anybody. That's exactly what the Mavericks needed, right? We, we talked yeah. all summer about what players the Mavericks need, what you know, what types of players the Mavericks need, and it's a guy like Josh Richardson. I think that you know he's he's been the thing that this Mavericks team has needed, just an upgrade in that spot, an upgrade as a defender, an upgrade as maybe a playmaker. 
guy that can score at some points, and they got him. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Rick is talking about how they've been looking for this guy for how long, a guy that can guard opposing point guards, and uh, Josh comes in, and he just he fits ever one of those boxes. I remember, you know, was it a few weeks ago, some people were throwing out right after the draft, like, Will Josh even start? Will Richardson even start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not even a question. He's the third best player on the team. And uh, so he's definitely, uh, he's definitely going to, yeah, he's going to play a big role on this team. And I wonder, yeah, I wonder how Tim feels about it too, because I think it's, I mean, we're two preseason games in. Last year, Tim Hardaway was, I think, the, um, the third best player on the team as far as like offense, everything. Will we see, you know, Josh Richardson? I mean, he had 20-something points in. He had 23 points tonight, five of six from three. If he takes on more of that role, too, and he's better defensively, what role does Tim settle into at some point? It'll be something I'm watching. Yeah, I think he kind of fills in that Seth Curry role a little bit more, right? As you know, the, Yeah, they could swap roles, kind of. Yeah, those guys kind of do that. So, all right, coming up, let's do some overreactions about this preseason game. There's a couple of things that stood out to us. We'll hear the new nickname for the bench duo that a Mavericks player said. And then we got to talk about Willie Colley-Stein and Willie Colley's stretch five. We'll talk about him coming up. He told us. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Headspace is the best app for daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. If you have sleep problems, if you have anxiety, if you deal with stress, Isaac and I, every day before and after the podcast talk about the different things in life that stress us out we definitely need this isaac is literally twisting his hair because he is so stressed right now he's twisting his beard hair and his hair hair so you need some headspace whatever the situation headspace can really help you feel better if you're overwhelmed like isaac right now twisting his hair and trying to deal with it in that way headspace has three minute sos meditations for you um you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash NBA. That's headspace.com slash NBA for a free one-month trial. Try it for a month. If you feel better after a month, then you can pay for it afterwards. You get access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Why would you not spend money to make yourself feel better, to feel less anxious, and overall just affect your mood? This is the best deal offered right now. Go to headspace.com slash NBA today. All right, Isaac, let's get into some overreactions. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I have one. My first one, Burke and Brunson suck again. <laughs> that <laughs> Again? They never did suck. They get sucked. off. People were saying that they sucked before, and now they're saying that they suck again. They were good the first game, but then they sucked in this game. That's an overreaction. But... I mentioned that as, you know, maybe it's a straw man argument, but I bring it up because Josh Richardson gave them a new nickname and I want to bring it up. So here's Josh Richardson giving them a new nickname. Uh, you know, that second group, the second group is tough, man. You know, they got two little water bugs that, that guys are going to have to figure out how to stop and Trey and uh, JB and Jalen Brunson, you know, they're two aggressive guards and that group plays very random. That's such a great quote for so many reasons. He talk about, the nickname, the water bugs. I mean, that's gonna that's, it. that's gonna stick, right? That we, we can't do the ice we can't recycle the ice climbers. We can't do no. someone mentioned Airbnb, that's kind of cool, but they're not they're not you know high flying players. It's water bugs, that's the name. Oh, it has to stick. I love it. I even love how he said you know it's kind of like random. They play <laughs> so the random. <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, I'm 
there's no overreaction I'm taking from no. uh, game two of the preseason about Brunson and Burke. I, th- I thought they did just fine. No, I only saw a couple of people tweet that, and so then I thought I'd bring that up so we could get to the nickname. Uh, what's your overreaction from this game? <clears throat> All right. This is from a Twitter poll I did. Overreaction, the <laughs> NBA is going to lose fans. Oh, oh. <laughs> because of this streaming situation. You've been all about this. You did a real long thread, and you don't really thread that much unless you're really passionate about something. I am, because I think it's very frustrating. I don't get it. I mean, I get the reason behind it, but in a season to where there's not... I mean, you think about fans in Dallas right now. If they can't go to the games, the only way you can watch the Mavs is on TV, and your TV options are extremely limited. So it's like there's a portion of the fan base out there. We're just talking about Dallas, but other fans too in other sports in different cities that are not able to see watch anything with their teams. And it's just it's very frustrating. I put out a poll today. I, I ask, how will you watch Mavs games this season? Right now it has 5,200 and something votes. And by far, with 56% of the votes, illegal streaming is the way people will be watching Mavs games this season. Who would do that? I mean, really, who would watch an illegal stream let or record it and tweet it out during a game? Who would do that, Isaac? If y'all need a stream, just hit up Nick. Nick will uh, <laughs> let, will let you the know. The dumb thing is I pay for League Pass, too. So if the NBA is <laughs> listening, I also do that. Anyway, that's my overreaction that the NBA will lose fans uh, because then the ratings will be down. Then everybody will freak out and be like, oh, look at the ratings. Like, okay, well, let's check the ratings for... Uh, what he he streams or whatever it is? Oh, don't uh, don't don't sour he he streams. They do great work. Uh, no, they yeah. But anyway, that's my reaction. I guess we can talk about Willie. Is Willie? I mean, who's better, Willie or Porzingis? Wow, we're going right is into this, it. Is this the overreaction? Everybody's one. Get out of here, Willie. His Instagram videos have paid off. They did. I mean, he hit two it threes worked. in this game. He hit he hit one where it was kind of contested too. I mean, I he worked on it. He put the work. That he was, second one, he was working Rick all summer. <laughs> he was working all summer. Uh, he told us. He told us. He, t- he, he specifically. Told us, uh, he told a lot of people on Instagram uh, that he'd been working on it. And um, yeah, that second one though. To where he caught it and kind of like took a sidestep, thought about it for a second, and then he yeah. shot it. I'm like, Rick would have sent you home on a private jet <laughs> at that at that point. But no, I am happy for him. I love to see any player that works on something and puts it out there that they worked on something and then it like translates to the game. And so I know we I joke about it because he's just been the most active person on Instagram putting out workout videos and stuff, which is fine. It's it's fun. We at least see him do something. Um, but then he goes out and he hits a couple threes and it, it looks good. And you're like, let's go. I, I like seeing Willie does bring something to this team. And I laugh about to some people who say, hey, Willie versus Dwight. But I'll sit down at that table and hear the argument for Ooh, Willie versus Dwight. We may I'll have, listen to it. We may have to do a three listener pod soon and, and talk about stuff that they're frustrated about already in that sense. Or just like three three segments. Who should start at center? Somebody takes Dwight, Maxie, and then Willie. Oh, the Dwight person would not be a well-loved person on Mavs Twitter right now. <laughs> Whoever takes that. Uh, I was going to make a joke. All right, all right last, last overreaction is, again, that Luca is fat and slow. <laughs> I would like to bring up the evidence. There's a picture of Luca b- being guarded by Drew Holiday where you can see a little chub in his stomach. 
Yes. <laughs> Nowhere else. I, I saw the picture. And then... Did you Photoshop that and then send it to people? I did not because it was sent back to me. However, Luca dropped 27 points in 27 minutes against Drew Holiday the very next game. So he's fine. I think he, I think he's totally fine. I don't, and I, I, we alluded to this at the beginning, but Brad Townsend asked Luca straight up about this in a post game about you know, stuff he saw on Twitter about his weight. And let's see. Let's hear what Luca has to say directly. You can hear the full quote. And I thought he, he answered brilliantly. I mean, there's uh, people on Twitter say every stuff. So, uh, but I'm, I'm. It's true. I'm. I mean, I'm not in my best shape. Uh, I will get there for sure. Uh, but you know, uh, I've never been a muscular guy. You know, but so what can I say? What can he say? What else do you want him to say? I, I don't. Under- I just love it. I don't understand the people that you know. It, it's we joke that it's fat shaming, but it's really like. You know, somebody said in our DMs today, or in, in my mentions today, he need he, I need him to lose weight. Why? Why do you need him to lose weight? He comes out and he still plays really well and effectively. I, I know we all salivate over the, oh, he's in the best shape of his life stories. You know, those stories where a guy comes in and he's in the best yeah. shape of his life. Give him time to get there himself. I mean, if he's not in the best shape of his life, that's the, that's the way that it is. And you, you move on, right? I think that you spend too much time focusing on what you wish could change about something. And that's why we don't talk about Dwight as much on this podcast anymore. <laughs> like, like Luca, they're two and all in the preseason. They beat the bucks twice. twice. And Luca's put up good numbers in both games. And he was MVP guy last year and MVP favorite. Now I had a guy DM me and said, Hey, I put money down <laughs> on Luca win the MVP and I'm not encouraged right now. I'm like, Okay, well, I don't know what to really tell you <laughs> at that point if you're not encouraged because of his body. But I, I just love, I love his response to Brad in it. He made a joke. And he's like, you know, he made the joke about I've never been too muscular, but he also admitted it too. Like I thought that was cool too. He's like, I, yeah, I'm not in the best shape of my life. I, I'll get there. Get, like, give me time. I'll get there. So he knows it. Like he doesn't need Twitter and us to tell him he, uh, he knows it and he, he's fine. He also doesn't need us to defend him. I mean, we've had some people say, oh, I wish someone would defend me like they def- like Nick and Isaac defend <laughs> defend Lucas, you know, fat or whatever. He's he knows it and he understands it and he's going to get in shape. He'll yeah. get there eventually. It was a shortened off season. He just played the bubble. He took a break. He, you know, rested his body and now he's back. So like he's never going to be Carl Malone. All right. I mean, or LeBron. We just have to. Yeah, we have to accept that. But I mean, he he didn't walk in there with an eight pack last year and, and was MVP. No, he he was regular Luca last year and he was a top five MVP candidate. So, but once again, like we've said, like Luca said, he's not in the best shape now. No, he needs to be for him to hit everything that he wants to hit and for the Mavericks to like win a title. I think he needs to be in a lot better shape. But I, am I worried about 21-year-old Luca in his third season like right now? Heck no. I'm, not at all. And we need – if that's our biggest worry, then that's a good sign for the Mavericks this season. If it was affecting his play, I would be worried. But it's not. No, it's not. It's not. There's our overreactions. That's our thoughts on the game. We'll be back tomorrow with more on the Mavericks. We'll talk about that. They have another game coming up. So we will do another post game. We're here for every post game, Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Collie Stein. Boy, look at that. Burke back to Collie Stein. Why not? Two for two. Collie Stein on threes.
fourth quarter.